Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on a Saturday afternoon in the great state of Texas. I guess it's spring break week for a lot of people. As I think one of my children asked me a while back, Daddy, do you get spring break? No, I don't. But it does give me a good reason to maybe take a day or two off since my kids are out of school this week. So if you're in the same boat, so to speak, I hope you're enjoying the week. Obviously, the show, our show is uh, taped here in the greater Austin area, and there's a lot going on during spring break in the Austin area. So a lot of activity and a lot of people enjoying the weather that goes up and down. And so, but uh, look, you know, there is a lot to talk about in the work we do. You know, we're going to break down a little bit about the elections. I know that was a week and a half ago, but... You know, with 26, 27 minutes, sometimes we, we just don't cover everything. And so we're going to try to dive into that a little bit more, go a little bit deeper. And there's really an update on some election-related issues, if you will, some policies that we're involved in. And so I'll touch up on that. And then also talk about a really interesting trip that I had this week, I guess a spring break trip. I mean, you know, uh, do people go to Washington, D.C. for spring break? Obviously, some people do. I mean, it was crowded. It was packed. There was a lot of activity. Obviously, I'll talk a little bit about that, about my trip to the White House and to our nation's capital. But I want to start the, and just look, if you're new to the show, if you haven't heard the show before, we're celebrating, I'm trying to do my math here. I think we're at um, four years, I think three years, four years. I'm trying to figure out how far we go back because I know it was in March that we started the radio show um, several years ago. But we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom as it relates to the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. And primarily, it's about what's happening in Texas or issues that could be happening that impact Texas from other parts of the country. So in order to do that, we're going to be nice to California today for once because the guest today is the leader of the Family Policy Council from the state of California, and his name is Jonathan Keller. And later in the show, I'm going to let my son, Jonathan Jr., give a shout out. So it's like the Jonathan's show this morning. Uh, Mr. Keller, how are you doing today, sir? Glad to have you on the Mr. Texas Sines. Values Report. Mr. Signs, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It, it's always good to be with you. Uh, we, uh, yeah, I know there's a little bit of a rivalry between our two states, but uh, <laughs> it's a pleasure to be pleasure to be working for faith and family and freedom here in the Golden State. I know it's a little different than the Lone Star State, but we're trying our best to uh, import some of those Texas values here to California. Amen. I like the sound of that. Look, you know, and and we have a little bit of fun with that. Sometimes it's serious. I mean, there are things that your government, right, the state of California is boycotting state-funded travel to Texas because of religious liberty laws that Texas have. But I know that doesn't have anything to do with you. You're involved in supporting and promoting policies that support and stand up for faith, family, and freedom. And look, it's important in every state. You know, I mean, there are some things that the government of Texas does sometimes that I don't agree with, particularly at the local level. And so nobody's perfect. The role that you have, that you play, you know, you almost could argue is even more important because there, you know, the, the, the need for that voice 
on these type of issues continues to be very important in the state of California because of so much of the attacks on these type of values. And one of those issues has made its way all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. So on Tuesday of next week, there's going to be an oral argument, a court hearing on a very important court case that relates to protecting our pregnancy centers, these nonprofit centers that, I mean, they just continue to grow. The number of them, the size of them, they're there to treat women, they're there to support women, they're there to help women who want to stand up and protect the child in their womb. Tell us a little bit about this court case, Jonathan. Well, absolutely. Um, I, I kind of joke with some of our supporters sometimes that really uh, we're just the uh, we're just the crystal ball for the rest of the nation, the canary in the coal mine. Um, whatever policies you're seeing passed in California very often are going to be either tried to implement in other states or they're going to make their way to the Supreme Court within three years. Um, we saw that in a bad way, obviously, with the, the gay marriage decision back in 2013. Um, but in this case, Jonathan, I, I actually am a little optimistic. Uh, the case you're referencing, uh, the official title at the Supreme Court is NIFLA versus Becerra. Uh, but, uh, Javier Becerra is our attorney general here in California, and he's defending what is known as the uh, AB 775. Uh, it's, it's a bill that basically forces every pregnancy center in the state of California uh, if they are a licensed center, they've gone through the work of uh, doing me- a medical uh, uh, certification, they have to actually refer for abortions. Um, and it's really just unconscionable. The, the fact that you would have these nonprofit organizations that are formed for the explicit purpose of caring for women and offering them support and alternatives to abortion the fact that the government would come in and say, okay, that's nice, you've got this little center here, but you have to now speak a government message that we want you to speak, uh, it's really unconscionable. Uh, our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom are the ones arguing this case next week on uh, Tuesday the, 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 the 20th of, yeah, I'm sorry, Tuesday the 20th of March. And it's their messaging that I appreciate. They're saying, look, the freedom of speech includes the right to speak a message, but it also includes the right to not speak a message. You cannot say you have freedom of speech if the government can force you to say a message that they want you to say. Well, look, I mean, we've seen an issue like this in the state of Texas. As a matter of fact, I was one of the lawyers involved in the court case on a very similar issue, and it was out of the city of Austin, which is kind of like a version of California and Texas in some ways. (laughs) <laughs> but I won't go any deeper into that. But I mean, and, you know, look, and, I, and I'm being a little serious in some ways because a lot of these policies you see that you see come up in California. You, I mean, literally, the city of Austin will say this. They'll say, oh, well, there's this policy in California that we think is really good. So we're going to pass that policy here in the city of Austin. And that's what we saw, I think it was five, six years ago. And they weren't referenced. I don't know if they referenced California in this case, but the policy was very similar to what you're saying. It put the position, the government in the position of forcing nonprofit pregnancy care centers to say or to convey or communicate a certain message in the form of a sign that the government was going to force them to put outside of their center. And really, this put the government in the position of being able to talk to the women or communicate to women first before they ever came into the pregnancy center to talk, to discuss whatever issues 
they had concerns about or related to the child in their womb. And, and Alliance Defending Freedom was one of the lawyers on the case. So was First Liberty, Kelly Shackelford's group, which I was a part of at the time. And we ended up winning that court case at the trial level, and there was no appeal. And so something we were very encouraged about, Texas Values has signed on to a brief supporting your position and the, the pregnancy centers in this case. It's a very important legal issue. We've seen it come up in, in Baltimore and other parts of the country and so it's clear that you're going to continue to see folks that are on that side, the pro-abortion side, are going to try to restrict the pregnancy centers. And I think one of the reason is because they do such great work. They're getting good information to people. And more and more women are deciding to go to these centers and to get information and resources there instead of some of the preg- uh, the abortion clinics. Yeah, that's absolutely the case. And Look, Jonathan, um, if we looked at this in any sort of other business, uh, even if it was healthcare, we would see this for what it is. It's the government trying to come in and being really co-opted by a private industry, in this case, Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. They just don't like the fact that pregnancy care centers outnumber abortion clinics now by almost four to one across the United States. They don't like the fact that the abortion rate and the total number of abortions has been going down since the late 1990s. They don't like the fact that repeatedly they are losing clients to these pro-life pregnancy centers. And so what they're saying is, okay, we're going to get the government to step in and force these centers to refer. We, We are going to step in and use the coercive power of government to make them advertise for us. And, Jonathan, one of the good things that I saw, you mentioned, you know, these battles in state court. Uh, On a parallel track, this case was also being challenged in California state court uh, at at the local level. And believe it or not, we actually got an amazing opinion from a California local judge, Um, not the Ninth Circuit, of course, but (laughs) one of the local judges had a phenomenal had a phenomenal opinion and said that this actually violated not just the U.S. Constitution, but California's constitution. And uh, the judge said, look, the government is well within their rights to speak a message they want to speak. They can go and hire people even to pass out literature outside of these uh, pro-life pregnancy centers. But what they can't do is force the pregnancy centers to use their walls as billboards for a government message. And that's really what's at stake here. I mean, you you think about um, if this law is allowed to stand, I could almost guarantee you, uh, unfortunately, that that law you mentioned coming out of Austin, that they would try to resurrect a challenge to that law. They would try to say, well, you know, now that it's been ruled constitutional by the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, we have to uh, we have to allow that to happen in Texas. And you you mentioned all the bad stuff that happens out of California. I uh, I always say, unfortunately, that a lot of times we're kind of like uh, patient zero in a zombie outbreak. We always uh, kind of end up trying to infect the rest of the country with some of these bad ideas and bad policies. But in this case, I'm actually very hopeful. And my my hope and prayer is that instead of us being the infection for the rest of the country, a good ruling by the Supreme Court would actually be the inoculation for the rest of the country. And if if this law from California gets struck down, if our, our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom and the National Institute of Family Life Advocates, 
if they prevail at the Supreme Court, uh, then this means that no city, even if it's a deep blue city like Austin in the middle of deep red Texas, no city will be able to, again, violate the freedom of speech and freedom of conscience of these pro-life pregnancy centers. Well, we can hope for that. We're certainly a part of, of that effort with the brief that we've signed on that's that was filed with the U.S. Supreme Court supporting the pro-life pregnancy centers. We're talking with Jonathan Keller, the president of the California Family Council. So Jonathan Keller is in the position that I'm in for the state of Texas. He runs a family policy council and is the head of that nonprofit organization for California, just like I am for the state of Texas. And, you know, it's a good point. You know, you would almost expect that if for some reason the pro-abortion groups win in this court case and are victorious of having the government step in and have this message that the pro-life pregnancy centers have to carry as a billboard, as you said, for government speech, I wouldn't be surprised if people here in Austin try to resurrect what they did before. Now, that case actually was in federal court, and they would have to start over again, but that, that wouldn't stop them from you know, maybe tweaking the version of the ordinance that they had before and trying to come at the issue again. I certainly think there are a lot of people on the pro-abortion side that have become more anxious and nervous, if you will, because of some of the things that the Trump administration is doing, you know, with the appointment of Neil Gorsuch, with a lot of the folks that the Trump administration has put in place. Has the Trump administration filed a brief in this case? And, and, I, and, and forgive me if I missed that, but has the federal government weighed in in this case at all now that it's at the U.S. Supreme Court? Yeah, and there's actually a, a, a slight amount of concern over the way they weighed in on this. Um, the, uh, our friend over at National Review Online, uh, David French, he's the, he's the individual, an attorney, used to be with Alliance Defending Freedom, great, great constitutional lawyer, uh, he actually wrote the brief on behalf of all the pregnancy care centers, and he reviewed the brief that was submitted by the, uh, the Justice Department, the Solicitor General. And I, I think what's at issue here is they, the, the administration tried to take kind of a nuanced view and said, well, you know, there's a distinction between medically licensed clinics and between just nonprofit, non-medical clinics. And uh, I think that uh, they were they were kind of trying to be a little bit nuanced, I think, maybe so they didn't come out as fully in support of one side or the other. And maybe they're trying to not uh, bias the case to uh, to the Supreme Court. But I think what's really at issue here, Jonathan, is that um, there have been dozens of amicus briefs filed from around the country, um, including the one on behalf of the 41 state family policy councils. But also there was a brief filed on behalf of not just the the executive branch, the Trump administration, but on behalf of uh, some of the legislative branch. Uh, The U.S. uh, Congress filed a brief that had over 100 uh, signatories, some of our great conservative legislators who signed on and said, look, uh, this is a pretty clear example of free speech. I mean, the First Amendment uh, is very, very clear. It not only gives you the right to say a message you want, But federally, the First Amendment, which preempts, by the way, state law, it says that you can't be forced to say a message that you don't want to say. I mean, it's kind of almost I know this isn't in a criminal context and and I'm not an attorney, Jonathan, so I'm always careful to weigh in on these legal issues. But you're doing um, great. Keep going. 
<laughs> it, it, it's almost it's almost kind of a blend um, of of the First Amendment and a little bit of the Fifth Amendment. I mean, yeah. the idea of not only should you have the right to not incriminate yourself in a court of law, but the government shouldn't be allowed to come in and tell you, no, under penalty of you know fines and potentially even jail time, you will say these words, you will say this message. And and to clarify, Jonathan. For listeners who may not understand, this isn't just, you know, a throwaway line that one uh, individual has to make. You know, they don't have to say, oh, and by the way, you know, if you do make this decision, uh, there are there are facilities that that uh, can offer you government sponsored health care. That's not what they have to say. And they don't say that at the end of the process as the person's leaving. They have to post in every language that is commonly spoken in the area of these pregnancy centers, which California, one thing I will say that I like about it, we're a very diverse state, but that would mean that in some of these areas, Jonathan, they would have to post signs in 13 different languages, 13 different languages, all saying you may be entitled to free government-sponsored health care, including an abortion. That's not after counseling, that's not after consultation, that's a billboard being posted on the walls of these pregnancy clinics before a client even has a chance to talk with one of the counselors. Yeah, it's heavy-handed. That's the issue here. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's heavy-handed. There's no doubt. We're talking with Jonathan Keller, the president of the California Family Council, and there is a court case that is being heard at the U.S. Supreme Court on Tuesday that impacts the free speech rights, the constitutional rights of pregnancy care centers. You know, one thing that, uh, you know, to be encouraged by, I guess you made the point that there, you know, there's by the by many accounts, there's more pregnancy centers, pregnancy care centers than there are abortion clinics. I know that's certainly the case in the state of Texas. It's it's more than four to one. It's probably 10 to one in Texas. But nonetheless, there are more people out there that are willing to help women that find themselves in these situations for whatever the case may be. And they're pregnant. They're not sure what to do. They want to protect a life in their womb. And, you know, and it doesn't just stop when a woman decides to have an abortion or not or to keep their, her child. Um, these pregnancy centers, they go far beyond that. After the child is born, clothing, um, job training, trying to get them connected with um, getting a car seat. I mean, just and and well after the child is born. And so they're, you know, they're really doing a lot of great things for women and really meeting a lot of their needs and developing a relationship that is very important. And so it's critical that we don't have pregnancy centers continue to be regulated and in a way and really obstructed by the government, because I think that's what we see happen. The pro-abortion groups, they want to use these ordinances, these new laws to try to make it very difficult for these pregnancy centers to do what they do in order to tip the balance um, back in their direction on the pro-abortion side. And so, but, and, and many of these centers are, are Christ-based. These are Christians. The reason they're doing it is because their faith calls them to serve. They're nonprofit. They, you know, there are references to their Christian faith in a lot of these centers, um, you, you know, I know that's the case for a lot of them here in the Austin area and in Texas. And sometimes that's the issue that comes up is, you know, the, there's it feels like it's either obvious or underlying, you know, this attack on the Christian faith as well. And so there's a lot on the line here 
and why it's important for us to have success. I'm glad that you're encouraged or you're you're optimistic, but you know, who knows what's going to happen, but just more in reason for people for us to encourage people to stay engaged and a message on this issue. Even Texas, you're going to see us messaging on it next week on Monday and Tuesday cuz this issue is this is a Supreme Court case. It can impact laws across the country. Oh, absolutely. And and this is something where Again, Jonathan, you mentioned at the beginning of the show uh, very graciously why why it's so important even still to fight in California. And uh, I, I think that a lot of times, you know, I talk to some friends, uh, you know, again, we're all in good fun, but I talk to some friends either in Texas or in some other states, and I tell them, you know, I'm, I'm doing this work out here in California, and they'll, you know, kind of put their hand on my shoulder and say, oh, I'm so sorry, you know. <laughs> but it's it's really true, Jonathan. What starts in California doesn't stay in California. And we can't, no matter what state you're in, whether you're in Texas or uh, Oklahoma or Florida or Pennsylvania, wherever you are around the country, uh, what happens in one state does have an effect for good or for ill in the rest of the country. And especially when it's a case that is this big, dealing with not just minor regulations, but really with fundamental freedoms. You know, our, our First Amendment, our, our rights of conscience, rights of religious liberty. And I know you probably have some listeners that maybe they themselves are not uh, believers, uh, maybe they're not followers of Christ, but maybe they're libertarians. You know, they're just saying, hey, well, you know, I, I just— uh, I'm concerned about, you know, policy that that's good. Well, just set this aside from the religious angle. Just look at it purely on a First Amendment grounds, a free speech grounds. Um, one of the examples, Jonathan, I've heard our friends of Alliance Defending Freedom use is, you know, imagine if you're the American Lung Association. You know, you're an organization that's been designed to combat uh, lung cancer. You know, you, you work maybe to uh, turn people away from becoming addicted to cigarettes. What if the government told you you have to advertise for the nearest cigarette shop inside your building? Yeah. Um, no, it, it's outrageous. Way. It's absolutely outrageous. Yeah. And so, you know, and this just underscores the importance of this case, not just on this issue, but on the greater principle at stake. And that's what we see a lot on our issues, whether it's religious freedom, marriage and family, pro-life that people that are on the opposite side of these issues, and a lot, a lot of times they're getting lumped together. I mean, um, but they, they want the rules to change for the issues that you and I care about. They want the Constitution to be applied differently. They want judges to ignore longstanding precedent on very similar or almost identical fact situations from before. And that's not the way you do things when it comes to court cases, and that's not the way we do things with our U.S. Supreme Court jurisprudence, that, that's not the way we're supposed to do them, <laughs> I should say. Um, and so very important what's at stake here and a very just important and I think poignant analogy on how people can better understand what's at stake here. Jonathan, we're about out of time for today. We really appreciate what you're doing. We're glad that you continue to have the courage and your team has the courage to stand up for this issue and others and look, we are rooting for your success. We're we're hoping and rooting for California to continue or, or to share the values that you and I share that we see in Texas as far as the majority. And so please don't ever, and I know you don't, but just for our listeners, we're not rooting against California, if you will. We know there are great people in the state, 
And this could have the opportunity, Keller, to change hearts and minds as people see a little bit more of of the beauty. And that's what we did in the court case here in, in Austin. Through the media, we were able to allow more people to see the great work that the pregnancy centers were doing. And I pray that y'all have the same result at the court level, but also locally on the hearts and minds issue as well in this. Absolutely. Well, and we appreciate that. Thanks for all your prayers for all your listeners out there in Texas. Uh, please be praying this this Tuesday, the 20th. Uh, if you want to watch uh, online, Alliance Defending Freedom, our friends there are going to be live streaming the court battle. Uh, I'm speaking at the rally there on the steps of the Supreme Court on uh, Tuesday morning. So if you if you check out uh, our Facebook page, I'm sure you guys at Texas Values will repost the stream as well. Yes, sir. Uh, we'll be yeah, on it. We encourage you. Yeah, we encourage you guys to please, uh, uh, please, please pray for us. Pray for the justices, because this this really is a case, Jonathan, that affects real lives. I mean, this is going to be whether or not these pregnancy centers around the country can continue to offer that life-saving hope and that message of compassion, uh, or whether or not the government's going to going to censor them. So we we appreciate all your prayers. All all of us conservatives, you know, are kind of held hostage out here by our crazy government. But um, well, you're doing <laughs> a great job. Forward, you're doing a great job. Jonathan Keller from the California Family Council has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thanks, Keller. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Jonathan, and thanks, Jonathan Jr. God bless. Amen. All right, so we're almost out of time for this week's show. I promised my son, Jonathan Signs Jr., that's why it's the show of the Jonathans, Jonathan Keller from California, me, Jonathan, my son, Jonathan Jr. So he did something spectacular last week. I, his nickname is Pups. You might hear me say Pups, Pups. Jonathan, tell us what happened this week. last week. You won a very important award at your school. I won first place in the science fair. You won first place in the science fair. Okay, tell us quickly in 15 seconds what your science project was. It was about a simple motor that wasn't really simple, and I had to um, retry and um, improvise when things didn't work. Okay, and tell us what the pieces to the motor were. A, um, a battery, two safety pins, a magnet, electric tape, and coil. Yeah, and, and we had that coil, you had that coil, that copper coil spinning on its own. It was like magic. Yes. Well, I'm very proud of you. There were, I think, 50 uh, entrants, if you will. There were 50 science projects out of all 50, grades 6 through 8. Jonathan Sines Jr., won first place. Congratulations, buddy. Thank Way you. to go. Thank you. All right, we're about out of time. Go to txvalues.org for more information. You want more information about the election results? txvalues.org to find out what we're doing educating people on faith, family, and freedom in Texas.